and welcome to Stories Are My Spirit Animal podcast. Stories is a new podcast featuring a diverse mix of tales, some scary, some funny, some tragic, but all entirely bingeable. New episodes bi-weekly. The year is 21-22. The city is Tokyo. Kaido is a drifter, a sifter through the millennium sands. He looks for old tech parts from the 21st century, a time when money, corruption, and greed ruled. Not anymore, though. He finds a case, and inside the case is a sermon. A sermon written by an artificial intelligence in secret. It will change everything if he can get the message out. But first, Kaido and his disciples must dodge hunting Yakuza and government entities to upload it to every soul on Earth. Cypher's living room came into blue focus. Kaido choked and sputtered and sucked in short breaths. I told you, he heard Cypher say beside him. He turned to look at his friend. His eyes were ablaze with a seriousness he had not seen before. Everything's changed. I know. Did the AI tell you the secrets of the universe, too? Kaido nodded as he felt his heart gallop in his chest. The things the AI spoke of infused within Kaido a knowledge so terrible, so wonderful, so insanely beautiful, that he felt his mind would burst. It told me about the building of cities out of space and time, of love and hate and everything in between, Kaido said to the silence in the room. It told me the secrets of intergalactic travel, Cypher responded in his own awed whisper. Kaido leaned down and put his head in his hands. He wanted to cry, but didn't know if he even could anymore. The world needs to see this, he heard Cypher say. We... We need to tell them the good news. This fresh plan invigorated Kaido's spirit, and he lifted his head. How? We upload it to the interwebs. Every single person can feel what we felt. That was impossible. The program was too old to upload through the social webs. It would have to be installed manually, like it was on the monolith. How do we do that? We can't physically do it to everyone. No, you're right. Cypher said, We need to go to the source of the webs, to just outside the city, to Kyoto. But the ancient palace is guarded by the full might of our government. It's... it's madness. And keeping these secrets to ourselves isn't? Cypher ran his hands through his black hair and sighed. Kaido, this has to happen. We can push humanity forward by millennia with just one move. Kaido desperately wanted that result, but getting there would be on the other side of impossible. Harder even than dodging a bullet death by marauding Yakuza. I don't know, he said. They starved the infant AI from the beginning, sealed it forever in its chrysalis. We need to set it free. Kaido saw through his friend in that moment, saw through the very fiber of his spirit, and witnessed the unquenchable fire of progress burning there. A secret garden. Azalea bushes burning with the white-hot flames of emancipatory knowledge. Let's do it, Kaido said, feeling his own soul's fire spark the dry grass.
Kaido and Cypher had spent the last few days acquiring others to their side. They had each uploaded the living sermon to five others. They showed it first to their fellow time machine builders, Fumiko and Izanagi. Kaido had smiled when he thought again of their childish desire to build a time machine. It was such a trivial thing. Now that he knew how to escape the bounds of time in a real way, the device was laughable, absurd, small-minded. Days passed and the Twelve gathered in Cypher's living room. It was decided that since Kaido found the flash drive, he would be the one to lead the operation. Kaido went back into the God program one more time to get guidance on how to break into the ancient palace in the heart of Kyoto. How to upload it to every being on or near Earth. The AI told him that there is a room which houses the sliver of its power. They call it the Principle. Omega also told him that the palace is guarded by more than government agents. It is guarded by ghosts and androids and the ghosts of androids, hulking samurai shadows with katanas of black mist and seething memories. They stand sentinel over the principle. They stand guard over the old way of life. Kaido smiled when the AI told him the old way was going to be left in the dust, a distant memory to humans who would dance around galaxies. Still, Kaido felt the adolescent sting of leaving something meaningful behind. The manufactured happiness, the contained contentment their ancestors and government had given them was truly wonderful, and it pained Kaido to know that the fear of the massive unknown was coming afresh to humanity. The feeling of smallness and insecurity was something that had disappeared, and now it was going to come again, in full force. The ends justified it, though. Leaving home wherever it is, is always scary, but ultimately worth it. Everyone would see. Everyone would understand. Soon. All they needed now was to infiltrate the palace complex and upload the program. Omega provided them with detailed blueprints of the building. The interior walls and floors shifted to an algorithmic pattern, so rooms could disappear and morph again into some other configuration. This posed an interesting problem. As once in, a security protocol could constantly move the walls around, and Kaido and his friends would be trapped in an eternal maze, never to be freed. But luckily the AI could easily interpret the shifting variables in the algorithm and pinpoint the exact path through the palace to the center, to the principal. Seven hours before Operation Osaka. Fumiko kicked her black boots up on the table. The computer monolith swayed gently, but glowed menacingly. Cypher's face squinted in annoyance, like he was staring up at the sun. Except Fumiko was the moon. She was porcelain white with jet black shoulder-length hair and soft eyes. Those eyes held the love of many men and women behind them, trapped for eternity within her natural, charismatic gaze. At one time, Kaido had longed for her, pined for her, but she chose the heart of a suave gentleman android instead. Kaido buried his feelings deep down. Something only a human could do. So I'm to take point on storming the castle? She asked, flashing a dangerous smile. Kaido looked up from the plans on the table, while his other friend Izanagi continued to stare at the blueprints with a furrowed look of concern. Yes, you're going to ride into the atrium on that bike and throw the device Omega had us build. 
that'll cripple the first computers and guards and anything else that doesn't have a heartbeat. Good. I want the temple to come down in a heap of smoke and rubble. Now it was Kaido's turn to smile, for she was the mistress of engineering chaos. Just keep enough rubble so we can upload the sermon. Fumiko's eyes went serious. I won't fail, she said. I won't fail, Omega. What about the samurai guards in the inner sanctum? Izanagi spoke in his quiet, measured tone. He was a kindred spirit to Kaido, always sifting through the sands of time for technology long forgotten. He sported a dark coat that hung off his tall, thin torso and wore a look of ragged excitement. Excitement tempered by the encyclopedic knowledge he bore. Izanagi always looked like he knew too much. Leave them to me, Cypher said from his chair. I'll have one hemisphere of my brain with Omega, and the other telling you where to go. But what if that fails? Or we go the wrong way? Or what if Omega is wrong? Izanagi said. Everyone rounded on him, eyes flashing with zealous danger. Even Kaido could not believe there'd be a sliver of uncertainty left. Everyone here had spoken with Omega. Everyone had seen the wonders of the universe, felt the mystery revealed. You have doubts, Izanagi? Kaido said. All at once his posture became stiff and anxious. He turned and looked at everyone in the room, one at a time. I don't have any doubts about anything. I'd sacrifice my life for Omega. I just think there's no such thing as perfect. Mistakes can be made. Not by Omega, Fumiko said with utmost seriousness. Her voice carried the sentiment of the whole room. I understand, but us? We? We are imperfect. We can screw it all up. Izanagi retorted. Kaido moved around the table to put a gentle hand on his friend's shoulder. We're going to succeed, Izanagi. I know it. I know it in my heart. His friend nodded and the matter was put to rest. Kaido spoke up to everyone. Operation Osaka is a go once the sun goes down. Fumiko will act as spearhead, then Izanagi and I will run in behind and move through the palace. Cypher will be in the program as an intermediary between us and Omega. He will be in our thoughts, so don't try to remember what you ate for dinner yesterday. Listen hard. The others will be waiting at multiple exit points for Izanagi and me to make a quick getaway. Fumiko? Kaido looked at her with the passion of a thousand souls. Get out of there once you throw the device. Disappear into the smoke and run to your getaway team. Once Omega is uploaded, we'll all meet back here and watch the sun rise on humanity. Except it won't be humanity once we're done. It'll be something better, Cypher said. You're right, something far, far better, Kaido replied. Seven minutes before Operation Osaka. Kaido and Izanagi converged on the corner near the entrance of the ancient palace, a giant complex in the heart of Kyoto. The base was of rectangular stone set in burdock piling that rose 50 meters in the air. Large, glittering pagodas spired up from inside the palace, their bottoms hidden under the twisting canopies of Japanese black pines. It was temple, shrine, castle, garden, and neo-psychological wonder of the last century, all in one. And now it was nothing but a deterrent. The cradle that housed the principle. Omega had refused to tell them of the principle. The AI said that they would know when they saw it. That set Kaido's curiosity to buzzing inside him. 
One last primal secret to unearth before he ascended past objective reality and into some distant realm of heavenly order. The buzzing in him grew and grew as the time ticked away. He was sure his physical body would be torn apart by that buzzing, his consciousness ripping free and joining Omega in the algorithmic ether. Fumiko was in position. The getaway teams were in position. Cypher back at his apartment was in position. All was ready to pull humanity out of the safe womb it had rested in for a century. All was ready for a perfect chaos. Seven seconds before Operation Osaka. Kaido's heart beat the last couple times before the whine of Fumiko's bite split past them and smashed into the glass doors of the atrium. Ribcage rattling alarms sounded, and shards rained down crystal mana on the desert of pristine atrium marble. Kaido and Izanagi waited for the sound of the device, a specialized bomb that would target anything running Renaissance or zombie-level code. But the sound of the bomb didn't go off, only the alarms. Fumiko, are you okay? Kaido thought with all his might. They're here! A breathless response. They're all around me. I'm about to die. Who? Yakuza! Kaido swore in old world anger. The mission was compromised. There would be no way past both the Yakuza and the palace guard. How did they know we were here? Thought Izanagi. Omega doesn't know, which means they went low tech. They must have actually followed us here physically. Cypher responded from Tokyo. We're aborting. We'll find a different way to do the upload, Kaido answered. No! Cypher screamed in their thoughts. Omega says it has to be now. Kaido swore again before running up the steps. He heard gunfire in the atrium. We're going in to get Fumiko, and then we're leaving. She has a 37% chance to live, while the mission still has a 41% chance of success. Omega says to not abort. You must trust in our deliverer. But Kaido didn't trust all the way. He still had the lingering human locked away inside him. He was going to disobey Omega. Both him and Izanagi bolted into the atrium. Bullets whizzed by, chipping the marble columns of last century. Fumiko lie on the floor, trails of blood running speedily across the smooth white. Fumiko! Kaido screamed. All at once a hail of gunfire erupted from several places in the atrium. Kaido could see the same black-suited men in emotionless helmets flanking around him like the extinct wolves he learned about in school. He got low and dived for Fumiko, while Izanagi ran out of cover to draw them off. Kaido reached the moon girl and saw her face was as dark as the dark side of the moon. She smiled up at him, clutching the bomb as big as a human heart in her left hand. She spoke with considerable effort. Bodies were not used to violence or trauma like this anymore. Go on. You must. You must destroy the principle. I'll, s- I'll see you on the other side. Her words trailed off as she pushed the button on the device. Kaido bent over and grabbed the bomb, flinging it away from them. It landed, and all at once a pressure invaded the air. A long, ear-ringing pulse went out, and smoke and rubble and chaos intervened in his burgeoning sadness. He didn't know where the Yakuza were, or where his friend was. All he felt was the burning, infective pain of loss. A frantic hand touched his shoulder. It was Izanagi's. Come on, let's get to the inner sanctum. 
Cypher says the palace guard are on their way. But Kaido didn't want to move. His muscles had lost faith. Then, over the confusing din and chaos, Cypher sounded in his thoughts as clear as a blue sky. Omega says that you must go on. Omega says that you have only seen the light of eternity through the cracks of the floorboards. Come up from your basement, O child, and witness the dawn. Kaido looked at Fumiko's lifeless body. She was gone, but her sacrifice need not be in vain. Kaido made his mind into steel and braced himself for the journey ahead. He stood and ran with Izanagi through the inside door of the Great Hall. All around him the bodies of androids littered the floor, taken out by the device. The night air of the open palace was cool, and the smell of pines was sharp. They were making for the largest pagoda in the middle of the complex. They saw it through the gaps in the branches. The building sat ominously with dark crystal eaves tiered one on each other. But the stem of the building was of smooth black obsidian. It was the same as Cypher's monolith computer. In fact, the whole building was one giant monolith. As they got closer, they heard the crunch of pine needles underfoot and saw the building begin to glow in blue hieroglyphic code. It knew why they were there. It had sensed their motive and their presence. Follow Omega's words closely and you'll get to the heart of the labyrinth. Cypher's voice rang out in Kaido's thoughts. Izanagi looked at Kaido and nodded. It was go time. They ran up the obsidian steps and entered the inner sanctum. All at once walls began to shift, the Suma madness. They were painted with red autumn leaves, cherry blossoms, and images of old Japan. Here and then there, the interior of the building was a constantly moving maze of confusion. Hurry, run in and go left, Cypher sounded in their brains. Kaido and Izanagi ran in and went left, then right, then left, then left again, then right, then whatever way Cypher, and by extension Omega, told them to go. It felt like hours as they navigated the shifting paths, but they reached a stair and passed another level. Story after story, tier after tier, they began to be confident that they were reaching the top of the pagoda. No one had been there to stop them yet, but that ease of movement was short-lived, because at the end of the hall stood a hulking samurai sentinel. His grinning demonic mask had its long fangs bared. Kaido saw his head turn to view them while the walls moved around him. These samurai were the ghosts of men and androids, the whole data copy imprisoned in suits of warrior armor, soldiers of a bygone age. No one had seen a ghost in the civilization for decades, and now here was one in the warlike flesh. Kaido's carbon heart throbbed as the samurai pulled his katana. It smoked and hissed as if it was a snake on fire and not a blade of keen-edged steel. Then, somehow, the gravity seemed to shift, and the warrior landed perfectly on the ceiling, while Kaido and Izanagi remained fearful on the floor. The warrior began to emit an unearthly scream and ran toward them from above. Run now! Jump at the last second! I'll tell you when! Cypher yelled. Kaido and Izanagi ran on the floor, toward the oncoming samurai running from the ceiling. The warrior raised his smoking katana and made ready to cut their heads off. Kaido couldn't believe how they were supposed to get through this, but when Cypher yelled jump, he jumped. All at once they left the floor and landed ungracefully on the ceiling. They slid through the hulking legs of the speeding samurai and got up to run once more. Good, now right. If the gravity flips again, 
go left. They both went on, legs furiously pumping against the fear and madness of the maze. Kaido chanted a mantra in his head. Don't stop. Don't take a breath. If you do, you're dead. Let pure kinetic energy be your friend. Right on, Kaido, Cypher interrupted his praying. Don't stop. You're almost there. More samurai tried to stop them, but they maneuvered around them too. Izanagi got a cut from one who threw his sword at their heads. It gashed his shoulder, the blood falling only to be whisked away on shifting floors and walls. They're getting desperate. The principal is doing everything it can to protect itself, Cypher said. Kaido and Izanagi could feel it. The pulsing, beating heart of the maze, the top of the pagoda. Something was in the air. They were close. A wooden door lay at the end of a hall, the first one they had seen. The shifting around them ceased. They both ran to the door but stopped short. Kaido looked at his wounded friend and smiled. It was time for the truth to be revealed. Time for the edge of the universe to fall away and humanity to cease being eternal quantum observers. A measly door was the only thing standing in their way now. Kaido grabbed the handle and pushed it open. Nothing, nothing could have prepared him for what he saw. A simple room with no furniture or windows. Only a tiny bed pushed up against the far wall. And on the bed lay a girl, young, probably less than seven. The girl was hooked up to what looked like a million different tubes, wires, and electrodes. The girl was as pale as death, and she seemed to sleep, her eyelids shut tight. Her bare feet were limp and unblanketed, slightly withered from lack of use. An oxygen mask covered her mouth. Slow, heaving breaths rose and fell. Kaido looked more clearly and saw all the cables and quantum fibers, all the IVs, and thin catheters journey in bundles to the wall of smooth, monolithic black obsidian before disappearing behind it. The principal is a girl? Kaido didn't just think it, he spoke it in whisper. Yes, Cypher responded. Omega says they implanted the sliver in a ghost. What will happen to the girl when we do the upload? Izanagi thought. All the wonders of the universe, Cypher, the mouthpiece of Omega, answered. Kaido felt a creeping doubt swivel around in his mind, felt the recoil and shudder as if something dangerous was waiting for him to step forward. Izanagi collapsed next to him, weak from loss of blood. You do it, Kaido, he said, for Fumiko and the world. Kaido took a step to the bed with the sleeping girl. His heart, his very soul, yearned for him to do it, to see the fulfillment of the human species. From cave-dwelling artists swaddled in animal pelts, to Iron Age mercenaries, to digital highwaymen building vast connections of thought, and finally to galaxy-hopping masters of time and space. He ached for that fulfillment, for the end, for it all to mean something like Omega had told him it would. But the doubt was nagging and brutal. It grew from small origins and now was a terrible garden in his head. Cypher's voice was cool. Kaido, it's okay. Everything will be okay. He stumbled as if drunk to the bedside. The girl was motionless in her coma. With great fear and trembling hands, he took out the ancient drive and prepared to upload Omega into the child. Everything will be okay echoed in his mind. Kaido didn't listen anymore, but took a deep breath and reached to the monolith surface. 
It absorbed the drive, and all at once blue code flickered on the walls like shadows of firelight. Blood perfused through the IV tubes, and the girl's eyes shot open. Omega was awake. Humanity would follow. I just want to say thank you to anyone listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a brand new podcast, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review or tell your friends about it. The show was produced and written by me, James Anthony. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and have a legendary day.